Just a few verses ago, Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter. And he said to Peter, you are the rock on which I'm going to build my church. Now, I can't imagine what that must have been like out of the 12 apostles. Peter's the one, and he's being given the power. He's the rock on which Jesus is going to build his church. And now, because Jesus tells him that he's heading toward Jerusalem, that he's going to suffer and be killed by the chief priests and scribes, Peter is saying, no, Lord, no, this can't happen to you. He wants to prevent Jesus from going to be killed. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. So poor Peter has gone from being the cornerstone for the church to being a stumbling block, to being rebuked in the most intense manner for wanting to keep Jesus safe. I can't blame Peter for that. I would have said the same thing. And it seems really harsh to hear what Jesus has to say to him after Jesus had given him the power and authority. But what Jesus then explains in the gospel is that you have your heart set on human things. Mine is on divine things. And how different those two things are. Because the human things that Peter had his heart set on was that Jesus had come to rescue them, to take the Jews away from the oppressive Romans, to create a kingdom that would perhaps overpower and get rid of all the suffering and the horrifying things that were going on in their world, to rescue them like, like the, the knight on the white horse coming in and swooping them up in a way and taking away their problems and their suffering and their... Their, their worries and their anxieties. But no, the divine way is to head right into that, to go right into where Jesus shouldn't go, to walk toward the suffering and the pain and, God forbid, his death. This is the divine way. And not only that, but then Jesus extends the invitation to the disciples to come with him. Pick up your cross, he says. Now that's the way of execution in that context. So what Jesus is saying there is, pick up this method of execution, carry it, and follow me. Not the best recruitment poster. <laughs> like, whoa. Okay, you want me to do what now? And, and this, is, this is the way? Well, it makes, makes us wonder, what, what is the way? What way are we on? Well, in seminary, there's this wonderful illustration, and I'm sure I've mentioned it in the five, five years I've been here, called the freight train to hell. And it's, in theology, they talk about the freight train to hell. We're all on the freight train to hell. And that what Jesus did through his uh, crucifixion and resurrection is turn that, that freight train from the destination hell to the destination heaven. And we're just on the train. We can switch cars if we want, but we're kind of on the train. So I'm not a big train person. I've only been on a couple. That, that analogy doesn't really do it for me. So let me give you another analogy. I went whitewater rafting uh, Friday, 
And I've done it before, done it with the kids, had them in a little ducky, you know, gone through the rapids, been great. I've done a lot of, I thought I'd done a lot of white water. Well, this is down in Tennessee on the Ocoee River, class four and class five, if any of you have done it. And it was heavy duty. And I was with my son and his girlfriend who had never done any of this. And we're walking toward the raft, and she goes, well, I'm scared. I'm like, oh, it looks a lot worse than it is. You know, I've done this before, not a problem. So I end up in a raft of six people, all under 30, except for me, obviously, and the guide, and we're, we're heading down this river, and the guide says to all of us, he goes, okay, there's a bunch of different ways through the rapids. We can go an easier way, I mean, it'll still be fun and, and adventurous, or we can go the most difficult way. What do you guys want to do? They're all, yeah, we'll go the most difficult way. And I'm like sitting there holding my pillow. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. You know, so um, this is what life is like. We're all on the same river. We're all going in the same direction. We all are born, we live, we die. We're all in the same river. But what we do get to choose is the path that we take and the boat that we get in, and who our guide is along the way. Now, the guide that we ended up with, I wish I could say I had chosen it, and, the, and it's probably true in my spiritual life too. I, I don't know if I really chose this way. I think I got called in this direction, and they called my name, and I got in the boat with Franklin. You know, that's what I did. Thank God, because he has been doing this for 10 years. He had big biceps and, you know, he's a big guy and he's sitting in the back of the boat and I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling pretty confident until he takes us down the hard path because that's what Jesus calls us to is the harder path. The path of the divine is much harder than the path of humans. If you look at that passage from Romans and you read all of those things it tells us to do, none of that is easy. None of that. Love those who persecute you. Give honor to others. It's hard. The way of love, the way of Jesus is hard. It's the way of the cross. Okay, so now we're going down the river. And this river in five miles drops 260 feet. And the water is roaring. And the first thing we do is you're right out into the rapids. And they give you some little instructions. And you all have to paddle forward. But if you're not paddling forward, I'm in the middle the same time the guy in the front is paddling forward, then your paddles are going to hit each other. So, of course, we're all over and we do, we do a lousy job. And the guide, who is my metaphor for Jesus, kind of yells at us. You know, you guys are not together. You know, we can't get where we need to go unless you pull together. So we kind of have to learn to pull together. This is what we have to do in the church. If we're not all paddling simultaneously in the same direction at the same time, we're going to hit each other and we're not going to get anywhere. We're certainly not going to get where we need to go. And in some instances, when the rapids get really difficult, we could end up flipped over or hitting our heads on rocks or whatever is going to happen. So we end up in a very heavy-duty part of the rapids, and we, we slip sideways down at least a five- or six-foot drop. And now we're in something called a hydraulic, which is where the water is washing back in to the boat, and we're, we're firmly up against the rock. Now the water is just coming in on top of me. I can't breathe. And I'm like gasping for breath and the water is coming in and it's filling the boat. And then it fills the boat and the boat gets heavy and the boat moves away. These are these moments in life where we're feeling overwhelmed. 
where everything is coming at us at once. We, we feel so overwhelmed we can barely breathe. And it feels like we're sinking because every, our boat is filling up with water. But eventually, after so much has come at us, there's movement. Movement in a big way. And all of a sudden, we're, we're cut loose. If we can let go, have faith that we'll be okay. And we continue on. And part of the divine way is to let go of status, let go of ego, let go of pride, and just let God take over and help us. So we get to a part where the guide, guide says to us, do you want to go swimming? And we're like, yeah, sure. You know, it's really hot in Tennessee. So he takes us over to a point, and he flips the boat over on purpose. Now we're all going down the rapids, and, and it's white water, and again, it's coming at my face, and I'm going, <gasps> you know, trying to breathe. And, but, you know, I could see the end of that, and I knew I was going to be okay, but now I'm floating by myself, and the current is really strong, and it's like, well, how do I get back in the boat? This is like all of us. We fall away from the church. We're swimming on our own. We feel like we can't survive, and it's like, we need to get back in the boat. It's a humbling experience to get pulled back into the boat. <laughs> what they do is they reach down and they pull you back and you're like a dead fish coming into the boat. And, you know, hopefully your shorts are all in the right place. And, you know, it's a, it's a little bit embarrassing. And you're like, okay. <laughs> no, this isn't really what I bargained for. But, um, but, it, but it shows you that we need each other to pull us back into the boat so that we can paddle through the difficult times together. And, and it's the difficult way that offers us the most challenges, that can be the most humbling, that can help us learn the, the way of love, which is difficult and hard, and it's about letting go of who we think the world wants us to be. Because when you're sitting in that boat, you can be the canon to the ordinary, but I'm telling you, it doesn't make any difference. So when we're sitting in the boat together, it doesn't matter who the world thinks we are, what position we hold, how much money we have. It's all about pulling together, making it through the tough patches, and, and being on the way of helping one another of loving one another, even when you're irritated that the guy ahead of you isn't paddling fast enough, that his paddle keeps hitting your paddle. Five miles of this, and then the guide, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm scared to death, but it'll, it might work for the sermon, and, you know, the guide is Jesus, and I got this metaphor all together, and then the guide drops this paddle. I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me. But what he did was take it from somebody else which I thought, wow, even Jesus sometimes <laughs> needs help. The, the human divine expression needs us too. So we're called today to lose our life so that we can have it. Now, it's an amazing thing if you really let that sink in. I was over some friend's house last night, and they asked me, well, what's the gospel? I said, well, you know, it's, it's uh, you have to lose your life in order to gain it. It's heavy-duty stuff. And, and uh, my friend goes, well, of course, everybody knows that. Like, 
wow, it is true. We do all know that. We have to lose our life to gain it. We're confident as Christians that when our life is over, there is something more, that we too are resurrected, that eternal life is available to us. And the choice that we have is to let go of the ways of the world and to, to choose the tough way, the way of love, down the stream of life, the baptismal stream of life. And that in the midst of the most difficult parts, we can be assured that something is running underneath. Some calming influence is always going to be there. And that is, comes from God. It's that love of God that is available to all of us, even to the people who persecuted Jesus. And that God loves us, and there's nothing we can do about it. And what we can be aware of is that calmness that runs under the hurricanes of the world, the earthquakes of the world, that in the midst of all of this over which we have no control, there's something there that will keep us in the presence of the love of God and the calmness of the love of God.